My name is Alexander Saw, and this is my story. Now, from age zero to 18, I grew up in a uh, very Catholic, very Catholic, very strong Catholic family that I was always told to uh, follow the priest, uh, listen to what the priest says, and you know whatever he says is, was the gospel of the day. So I was always told, do the right thing, and that'll get you to heaven. Be a good person, and that'll get you to heaven. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was, stick up for people, that'll get you to heaven. You know what I mean? All these things that I would always try to do, and uh, not only do, but uh, sometimes even fake. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can do this on Saturday, but good thing I can go to Sunday and just get forgiven, and I can just go on my way. And uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it never added up to me. Never added up to sin all week, go one day out of the week, tell the same, uh, tell the priest my sins, and then I'm good to go. I'll say about 40 Hail Marys, uh, 60 in my case, and uh, go on my way, you know? And that never really added up to me to say, why, how many Hail Marys does it take to forgive my sins? You know what I mean? So that's what I'm trying to figure out, and that's what I'm trying to add up, and nothing really added up because this guy sins just like I sin. So what makes him so different? Uh, so that's 0 to 18, man. From 18 to 27, still Catholic, but instead of being going to church and all that, I kind of got away from all that because I said, I'm never going to measure up to begin with. You know what I mean? I'm never going to be uh, who, you know, who everyone wants me to be. On top of that, on him, because I'm not perfect and I can't be perfect. So how do I get to heaven if I'm not perfect? Boom. You know what I'm saying? I guess we'll just figure it out another time. Fast forward 27. I'm driving in my car, right? Uh, as my, you know, saying uh, negligence and craziness I'm doing, smoking a joint in the car and uh, smoking and I hear a voice and he says, Fall, throw it out and follow me. I'm like, I know that didn't just happen. So I'm about to hit it again. And he says, throw it out and follow me. And I was like, okay, okay. What I'm feeling, what I've been feeling, uh, especially, man, from like, 22, 27, all the way, you know, just my entire life has always been a void. It's always been a hole. I've never been able to amount to what other people can think of me, what other people could, are going to, you know, take me seriously or not, you know. So it's just one of those things that I was never satisfied. I was never satisfied in what I was told and what I was doing. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, my mind thought one way, but my, my spirit inside felt another and that's why when I would go to church, I wouldn't have that matchup. I wouldn't have that matchup. So that day when I said, you know, throw it out and follow me, I knew, I knew it was, it was him. And I threw it out of the car, and my life has changed ever since. Uh, I stopped smoking. I stopped, uh, stopped drinking. stopped doing things not to glorify him. Uh, because that was the, all of a sudden, you know, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. So all of a sudden, this everlasting peace has fell upon me that I've been searching for my entire life, that I needed, that I didn't even know I needed. And now all of a sudden, boom, uh, you know what I'm saying? I got this overwhelming joy in my heart that won't, that won't be put out because of that. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know what I'm saying? And then you see this love through other, other Christians and other discipleship, you know, through fellowship, and it shows the love that you know you're doing it, you know? So don't ever be discouraged on uh, where he has you because where he, you know, where he has you is exactly where you need to be. The message that changed my life was it didn't have to be about my works at any moment, you know. 
I had a cousin that was been saved for 10 years, and he kept telling me, don't have, he told me one day, we talked about scripture, and then one day he said, it's not about your works. It's not about if you're a good person. It's not about this. It's about Jesus Christ and having that relationship and, and accepting him into your life and following him. And uh, that is the day when I was in the car smoking and I threw that joint because I had no idea that that was what all it took. Because, like I said, growing up, your works, your works, your works. And I would always think, man, you know, I'm never going to amount to those works. You know, I can't do those works and then get to heaven. So it's not about your works. If it was about your works, Jesus dying on the cross would be in vain. It was, it's not about that. It's about believing through the Son of Christ, the pure blood of man. And just he died. He took sin on for us. That way we could be sinless. And all you have to do is accept that. Accept that into your heart and follow him. And it's, uh, it's the best. It's better than you know until you do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> you know, it's the same message that transformed Alexander's life, um, that transformed my life, and I'm sure has transformed many of yours. If it hasn't transformed your life, I just want to tell you that it's available to you. It's this same message that actually transformed a guy's life named Saul that we talked about last week. Saul was uh, in the earliest of days of the church, and he was a guy very zealous. He was a religious leader, uh, but he was actually uh, killing the church. He was destroying the church, and on the road one day, uh, Jesus showed up uh, to him in a great vision. A great light came down and spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The word persecute means to pursue with a purpose. You see, I, I believe uh, that Saul was pursuing these people with such a purpose because he was looking for one thing. Do you know what that one thing is? Peace. I believe Saul was looking for peace. And he couldn't find peace. So he was murdering to find peace peace because on the inside he was torn up inside there was something missing Alexander talked about it there was something missing I needed peace and no matter what I did from smoking joints to drinking beer to uh, whatever it is in your life looking for peace we all have this great need for peace and Jesus says I've come to give you peace if you need peace today it's offered through the person of Jesus. Call out to him and tell him, Jesus, I need you to be peace for me. Bring peace in my life. And the promise of Jesus is that he actually wants to make peace for you and the God of the universe and invite you into a right relationship with him. It's available. Call out to Jesus and you can have that today. It's what Saul experienced on that road when he saw that he was a murderer, when he saw that he was wrong, when he saw that he missed the mark, when he saw that he had no peace. And yet the God of the universe, Jesus, shows up and doesn't murder him and give him what he deserves. Doesn't murder him, but gives him a calling. Calls him that day. Doesn't kill him that day. Doesn't give Saul what Saul had been giving to others. Gave Saul what Saul didn't deserve. This is such the good news of God. He wants to give you what you don't deserve right now. Absolutely free, paid for, 
bought by what he did for you on the cross. This is the good news of God, which is the power of God, which he wants to give you today. This is good news. And it's this power that transforms the church to then move. I want to encourage us today through the word. We want to read the the writing of of Hebrews, Hebrews 12. And it's this invitation uh, for the church to pursue something. The very same word uh, used in Acts 9 where Jesus speaks to Saul and says, why are you persecuting me? Is the same exact word used in Hebrews 12 where the writer encourages the people of God to pursue something. Check this out with me. Hebrews 12, 14 through 16, and this is the reading for us. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness with which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. The encouragement for us, the church, is to understand that through Jesus, we have peace with God. So you're not striving to get peace anymore. You've got peace. And if you don't have peace in your life today, you should go back to the basics of belief and go look at the bedrock or the foundation of, for which you're actually believing on. That's why uh, the, writing of, the writer of Hebrews points back to a church that's struggling a little bit. They're a little immature in their faith. He talks earlier, I think it's in chapter 7, where he speaks to um, some of you guys, most of you should be teachers, but you've got to go back to the basics because you're you're not teaching yet. You're not walking this faith out. Uh, we got to go back to some basics. And so he's speaking to a church that's struggling, that's challenged. He's also speaking to a church uh, that's dealing with the rule of Rome. And in this time period, uh, the emperor Nero. If you know anything about history and church history, great persecution is taking place. And the emperor Nero is doing terrible things uh, to the Christians to the extent that he's actually bringing Christians and setting them on fire uh, to light his garden as he walks through at night. Um, This is the kind of stuff that the church is walking through in the earliest of days. And so the writer is writing to these people um, who's working through peace (laughs) in a time where it doesn't feel very peaceful. Uh, Does it sound familiar? Uh, Maybe not even to the extent we think things are challenging now, not peaceful now, but can you imagine something like that happening? I really truly can. Uh, But the writer of Hebrews is speaking to a people and in the midst of this circumstance, he's saying, listen, from the place of peace that you've experienced, the power of God's entered your life, strive for this. Pursue this. Pursue peace with everyone. What does that look like in your family? What does that look like at your job? If you knew that the very purpose you were sent is that you were delivering peace, what does it look like to deliver peace? Can I tell you what it looks like? It looks like walking the road that Jesus walked for you. As he met you in the place where you least deserved, you are now sent to meet people in the place they least deserve. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That is our calling. Did you know that's your calling, church? See to it that no one fails to obtain. The word obtain is to grab hold of or to experience. So this is part of our call. 
See to it that no one in your family uh, ceases to experience the grace of God. The Word invites us as husbands uh, to be as Christ is to the church and gave up His life for it. Wives, it talks about uh, wives submitting to your husbands as the church submits to Christ. But can you imagine um, Jesus saying, well, I'll go 90 if you come 10. He doesn't do that. Saul didn't go 1%, and he met Saul on the road. Jesus went 100 to him, and then called him and gave him a purpose that he never deserved. Can you imagine the church looking at Jesus and saying, you know what, guess what? I mean, I'll come 90, but, you know, I'm going to keep the 10 for myself. You can't imagine that, or it would cease to be the church. You see, it only works 100 to 0, And so if you're questioning, what what should I do as a husband to reveal the grace of God? Uh, It requires you to go 100 and expect zero from your wife. Wives, what should you do? It it actually requires you to go 100 and expect zero from your husband. Worker, it requires you to go 100 and expect nothing from your coworker. It requires you to go 100 and expect nothing from your boss. It requires you to go 100 to your neighbor expecting nothing from uh, in return. You say, well, that is just not a life that I want to live. That sounds terrible. Well, I want, to, I want you to know that's exactly what Jesus did for you. And then he invites you to come follow him. And as you follow him, you will experience a life that you never thought you would experience. Because maybe you've been looking for that kind of peace in everything except that life. Peace is offered you through the person of Jesus. And then Jesus invites you to come follow him in the way of peace. We're striving to make sure that everyone experiences what we've experienced. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. If your sole focus is to help others experience the grace of God, uh, then there's no room for a false belief. That's what the word, a root of bitterness to spring up. It actually means a belief that is not rooted in love. Uh, If something's a a root that's rooted in something that grows and it's a bitter, what it's talking about is literally a plant that grows up among a great garden and it produces this bitter kind of fruit. You see, if my sole focus in my marriage, in my job, in my neighborhood, is that others would experience the grace of God, then guess what's going to be produced by my life? A sweet, sweet kind of fruit that everybody wants a taste of. What it's talking about is if you keep this focus, then people are going to want to be a part of that in your life. If you're not a part of that, then your life is going to produce something bitter because only things connected to Jesus produce something fruitful. Only things connected to Jesus are truly sweet for an eternal place. And we were meant to be eternal people something that actually lasts another's life. And so if you um, give your life that others would experience grace, then you will be this, uh, this sweet garden of a life for others to experience. If that's not what you're about, then there's left room for us to become a bitter kind of fruit. Nobody really wants that. <laughs> we need the grace of God pouring out and out upon us that it goes through us. This is our great call, church. But then he leaves us with a great warning. Don't take this calling lightly like the person of Esau. 
Esau was the oldest son who had a birthright. And he sold it for a simple bowl of soup because he was hungry one day. I don't know, maybe uh, I've, I've thought about this verse and it's, been, it's very challenging to me because I think about the precious nature of this message that we're talking about and the precious calling you and I have. And I, I think of how many times that I've, I've personally traded it in for something that I said, man, I'm just really hungry. I really want something different. And I, I go and I get the different thing and I realize, man, like what have you done? Um, and, and as I was praying that through and I was thinking about this verse, it was really sobering to me because I thought of how many times that I've really missed the mark. And, and I, I started asking as, and through prayer and I just began to hear the Lord just remind me uh, that when you sin, you have an advocate. You have somebody who goes on your behalf who says, hey, listen, he's missed the mark, but he's mine. And I paid the price for him and I paid again and I, I love him. He's mine. Uh, it's paid for. And then right standing. New mercy is new every single day. And so as you step into that and you receive that fresh and new over and over, your life begins to get softened and uh, you begin to see the very pursuing of God in your life. And you see how peace has been extended over and over and over and over and how good it is. And as you experience how good it is, I promise you, uh, you will not cease uh, to give away this goodness. Would you feast on the goodness of God today because you have no other choice, my friend? Peace is offered to you through the person of Jesus. And as you experience Jesus, your life is going to be transformed forever. Um, I invite you into this way, to strive in this way, not for peace, but from peace. This is truly uh, the good pursuit of peace that you and I have been invited into. We've been offered peace, my friend. If you receive it, now go give it away and watch what he does with you. Uh, if you're out and about today, we're going to be at North Star Church at 4 p.m. We're going to be celebrating uh, more baptism this week and um, just excited for all that God is doing. And, and if you're at home enjoying uh, this time through as we read through the Word, I encourage you, would you just connect with us? We would love to get to know you and give you any resources to supplement your walk with the King. And uh, we just wish you well and we love you and we're lifting you and we're thankful for this time in the Word together today. Um, other than that, we'll see you today, 4 p.m. Love you, church. See you soon.